We were made for these times. Clarissa Pinkola Estes My friends, do not lose heart. We were made for these times. I have heard from so many recently who are deeply and properly bewildered. They are concerned about the state of affairs in our world now. Ours is a time of almost daily astonishment and often righteous rage over the latest degradations of what matters most to civilized, visionary people. You are right in your assessments. The luster and hubris some have aspired to while endorsing acts so heinous against children, elders, everyday people, the poor, the unguarded, the helpless is breathtaking. Yet I urge you, ask you, gentle you, to please not spend your spirit dry by bewailing these difficult times. Especially do not lose hope. Most particularly because the fact is we were made for these times. Yes, for years we have been learning, practicing, been in training for, and just waiting to meet on this exact plane of engagement. I grew up on the Great Lakes and recognize a seaworthy vessel when I see one. Regarding awakened souls, there have never been more able vessels in the waters than there are right now across the world. And they are fully provisioned and able to signal one another as never before in the history of humankind. Look out over the prow. There are millions of boats of righteous souls on the water with you. Even though your veneers may shiver from every wave in the stormy royal, I assure you that the long timbers composing your prow and rudder come from a greater forest. That long grain lumber is known to withstand storms, to hold together, to hold its own, and to advance regardless. In any dark time, there is a tendency to veer toward fainting over how much is wrong or unmended in the world. Do not focus on that. There is a tendency, too, to fall into being weakened by dwelling on what is outside your reach, by what cannot yet be. Do not focus there. That is spending the wind without raising the sails. We are needed. That is all we can know. And though we meet resistance, we more so will meet great souls who will hail us, love us, and guide us. And we will know them when they appear. Didn't you say you were a believer? Didn't you say you pledged to listen to a voice greater? Didn't you ask for grace? Don't you remember that to be in grace means to submit to the voice greater? Ours is not the task of fixing the entire world all at once, but of stretching out to mend the part of the world that is within our reach. Any small, calm thing that one soul can do to help another soul, to assist some portion of this poor, suffering world, will help immensely. It is not given to us to know which acts, or by whom, will cause the critical mass to tip toward an enduring good. What is needed for dramatic change is an accumulation of acts, adding, adding to, adding more, continuing. We know that it does not take everyone on earth to bring justice and peace, but only a small, determined group who will not give up during the first, second, or hundredth gale. One of the most calming and powerful actions you can do to intervene in a stormy world is to stand up and show your soul. Soul on deck shines like gold in dark times. The light of the soul throws sparks, can send up flares, build signal fires, causes proper matters to catch fire. To display the lantern of soul in shadowy times like these, to be fierce and to show mercy towards others, both are acts of immense bravery and great necessity. Struggling souls catch light from other souls who are fully lit and willing to show it. If you would help to calm the tumult, this is one of the strongest things you can do. 
there will always be times when you feel discouraged. I too have felt despair many times in my life, but I do not keep a chair for it. I will not entertain it. It is not allowed to eat from my plate. The reason is this. In my uttermost bones, I know something, as do you. It is that there can be no despair when you remember why you came to earth, who you serve, and who sent you here. The good words we say and the good words we do are not ours. They are the words and deeds of the one who brought us here. In that spirit, I hope you will write this on your wall. When a great ship is in harbor and moored, it is safe. There can be no doubt. But that is not what great ships are built for. You're listening to Find the Outside the Podcast. I'm Tim Merry. And I'm Tuesday Reinhardt. This week on the podcast, we're going to talk about coronavirus. Coronavirus. Because we're not talking about it enough. So let's talk about it some more. Absolutely. In case, you know, your social media feed's been quiet or... The news has been distracted by the fact the Premier League's been cancelled or other important events. Right. I just wanted to speak in a little bit because it's here and it's real and it feels a bit like the elephant in the room if we don't talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was listening to, thank you for that reading Tuesday. That was absolutely beautifully written, but also beautifully read. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And um, I was feeling it as I read it. Just, uh, you know, I was like, oh, I needed uh, to read this today, uh, I think. uh, What did you feel? Um, I think I felt like her words, because of course I've read that before. I think I felt like her words were what I know in my bones, but have had trouble remembering. So on one hand can have trouble remembering if I get caught up in fear, but on the other hand, um, lend authority to what I actually think is my inclination in these times. Like do not despair, do not give hope we were made, but in some ways I can kind of feel in interactions that that can be viewed as, I mean, I must've used the word and described myself as Pollyanna five times yesterday. Yeah. I I feel that. that. I know. Yeah. I can, I can feel that, like I can feel um, that I might be viewed as not being based in reality of what is. And I, I don't feel like that's true. I feel like in my bones, I know that I cannot accept this invitation to fear and despair. I can't. I can't accept it. It's not, it's not for me. So can you, um, this is Pollyanna. Like, what exactly does Pollyanna mean? Oh, right. Culturally. Um, so Pollyanna is a person who's like always on the bright side, positive uh, thinker, may uh, not be um, based in reality, like, you know. So there's overtones of being like slightly kind of like shallow, not out, out to a little like. Yes. Naive. Always on the sunny side, right? But like, but actually exactly. not seeing the full reality, a bit out of touch. Exactly. Which is really different, right? That's really different than like choosing how you're going to turn up in a time of yeah significant yeah. Ch- tumult was the word that was used in that reading, which was lovely. I thought it was a great word for it. Like, because mm-hmm. there is, there's a choice, right? Yeah. You know, there's a choice. It, it was um, one of the things that's blown me away uh, over the last few weeks. And I, 
I don't know why this particular thing touched me so much because there's a lot of amazing things happening kind of in mm. my community and in communities and among people. But mm. it was this, um, uh, I don't know if you've heard about these Facebook groups that have kicked off all across Canada, right? No. And uh, this uh, woman started this small Facebook group. She thought she was going to get about 12 people joining it. And she called it, um, instead of scaremongering, she called it caremongering. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. And it was a Facebook group where people in her community could come together and identify offers or needs that they have and then exchange them as we went into increasing kind of like mm. self-isolation, kind of lack of access to resources and all that kind of stuff, you know. And they're now all across Canada and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people are using these little Facebook pages and it's just Whoa. completely taken off. And there's a hashtag for your offers and there's a hashtag for your needs, you know. And it's wow. just... It's just so, there's a few things I think I like, I like about it without having a particular analysis. But like, I think one is like, it's just so kind. It's yeah. just like an, like a manifestation of kindness, you know, mm -hmm. which Canadians are often mocked for. Right. right. Canadians right. are often, often mocked for being uh, kind, you right. know. Oh. And then I look at something like that and I'm like, well, you know what? Thank you, Canada. Um, right. and then, and I think the other piece about it was that it was emergent, like it wasn't organized, like mm -hmm. someone put their front foot forward again, like you're reading, you know, mm -hmm. someone put a front foot forward, chose to do something. And then it, it just served a need and got picked up and excuse the language went viral, you know? And, yeah. and, and so there's, oh. right. I didn't even think about that. I know. Right. So, um, so, so I think that's like a, so I don't know, that just really touched me. And, and I think things like that are happening in a lot of places all over, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. which is, which is not to say we shouldn't be cognizant of the fact that shutting down schools means that in Nova Scotia, there's a very, one of the highest child poverty rates in all of Canada. And many families are depending upon yeah. school meals to feed their children. Yeah. Right. And so like, I'm not saying it isn't complex. <laughs> You know, yes. but just read it. You, your reading this morning reminded me of that, of that mm. kind of, oh yeah, the caremongering. So end. good. And the, and the fact we have choice. Yes. Yeah. Right. I have to we say, have Tim, I don't know, I don't know how you're working with it. And I'd really love to hear. I mean, I, um, you know, cause part of what we're doing today is just, we're just talking about what's up for us. And of course, yeah. we'll talk about what that means for the outside. But we just wanted to kind of be with people in the way that, you know, as social distancing, like whatever, whatever, wherever we can be with people in their ears or, you know, on Zoom or however that works out. But I was wondering, what are the things you're doing to take care of yourself in the in the in the face of what to me feels like an onslaught, right, of information and emotion? Um, and I'm just curious what you're, what you're doing to take care of yourself. Well, Tuesday today in particular, <laughs> yes. I am wearing a rather fetching tweed tie. So good. <laughs> looks so nice. I like Thank that. Thank you. I mean, a tweed tie, who would have thought it? So in, in a funny way, I am doing things like that. I'm doing little things that give me pleasure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm like, oh, you know what? I am going to. I mean, like, I'm not really going to see anybody. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I'm going to pick out and wear my little tweed tie today because it mm. just feels fun and nice. And I put it on and I'm like, oh, I like it, you know. So I'm doing some, I'm just trying to pick and I'm just doing little things, you know. 
I think there's a little, I mean, many of the families uh, who I know are getting time with their, even though they're getting, they're not getting to work in the way they would like. They're also getting time with their kids. So I'm getting a lot of time with my kids, you know, mm-hmm. and we're like playing mm-hmm. a lot and talking a lot. And so I think that's part of what I'm doing. And then the other thing I'm doing is I'm walking three times a day. So I'm getting Ooh, out, nice. putting on my headphones and walking, you know, and I'm walking the trails and, uh, and that is a real way for me to mm-hmm. kind of stay centered in the midst of it all. You know, mm-hmm. you know what? Um, on uh, is it Crave? We have Crave. I don't know if anyone out there has Crave too. I'm sure you do. But like Contagion is like right up there, top listed. Oh. Top Apparently, listed people are watching watch. it like crazy. I watched the <laughs> I watched the first ten minutes, and I was like, nope, no. No, no, not Mm-mm. going to watch this. I was watching it with Katie too, and Katie was just like, "I can no." <laughs> Katie's my wife. Just anyway, people who are listening, and so it's a, and so I think there's choice. I mean, I just think you know, I mean, if there's a theme to this podcast, it feels like choices. Yeah. You know, there's choices I'm tr- I'm making, and I'm making yeah. deliberately about like, well, how do I look after myself? You know, yeah. How do I look after my physical health in this time? How do I look after my mental health? How do, you know, I'm not sleeping great. I've got, mm-hmm. I've definitely got more anxiety than mm-hmm. I would normally have. I'm worried about my mum and dad. I'm worried mm-hmm. about my sister. I'm worried about close friends and family. You know, the WhatsApp mm-hmm. group of my close friends in the UK, like we're, you know, with throwing ideas back and forth and talking to each other. So I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, I've got, I've got to tend to the, I've got to look after the part of me that's worried, not yeah. ignore it or suppress right. it. I've got to like parents it a little bit and look after it and be kind and like you know and uh, and I think I've I was raised with a tendency to dismiss things like that to yeah. kind of like push them down and get them to one side and then get on with the work or get on with the reality um and uh, uh and that actually just reduces my empathy for myself and other people around me and uh, ends up being quite damaging to me in the long term and the short term yeah. actually and other people and to people I love so I think there's a lot of kind of like tending to the part of me that's worried and scared and concerned. And, um, and that's uh, opening up my heart to be helpful to others. Yeah. How about you? So good. So good. Um, well, a couple of things. Uh, late last week, I decided uh, very, really limiting social media. So I'm barely on. Um, so I, Interesting. Uh, I just decided as a person who has a tendency toward anxiety, right? So like if there's n- if there's any issue, I'm going to make myself anxious about it, right? Like that's my habit. That's, yeah. you know. Um, and so I just realized as I was looking at social media, um, I, I, had a, I had a sense of, oh my, the amount of collective anxiety felt like it was just like a wave coming at me when I would look at people's posts, like individuals anxiety and then the collective anxiety and then people being mad at people for having anxiety. And it just felt like this wall of like anxiety coming toward me. And I thought, actually, this, this isn't mine. This anxiety is not mine. And I cannot, I can't withstand it. Right. I could somehow be porous enough to let it into my body and let it impact me, but I know what's my anxiety and this isn't it. And so, because I don't, I don't know. I just felt like I couldn't keep reading and always have to put up the uh, barriers to it. So I just was like, so I'll limit it. Bare- I mean, so I'm barely on, barely on. Um, and and I have, but I keep myself informed. 
from reputable sources. You know, I said to you last week, like I'm not reading anything that wasn't written by a doctor, a scientist, or a person who has deep medical writing experience. That's right. You did say that. Yeah. Because I, because like there was just, there's just these articles that had these crazy titles and then I'd look and it's like, Belinda graduated last year and blah, blah. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like Belinda is a anthropology major, which has a lot of value, but she cannot tell me what the scientists need to tell me about this virus. And so I need to hear from epidemiologists. I need to hear from doctors. So, and I don't mean to be mean to Belinda. I'm sure her opinion is really important, but I just couldn't withstand it. And um, so I'm just looking for really reputable sources. I'm also like committed to being active every day. So whether that's running or exercising, like, you know, doing kind of kind of more boot campy things in my house or taking a walk or, um, you know, eating good food. Um, you know, one of the things I did two weeks ago is I bought a deep freeze. And so then I just started getting, you know, food. And so now I'm like, I don't have to at this moment worry about that. That might change. And so like kind of just having enough food around and, um, and I think that I'm, I'm, I'm really watching my consumption of not to put my, you know, obviously this is deeply concerning. We are self, we are social distancing. You know, we've made all of those agreements within our family between like the three houses, between my house and my ex-husband's house and my mom's house. Like we've made a lot of agreements about what's what's happening and we're we're trying the, our best to be a closed circuit of five people. So we're being very, very proactive. Um, but after that, I'm, I'm, I'm just not choosing to, I don't know. I don't even know the words. It's like, okay, I've done what I can do. I'm being mm. responsible. I'm being responsive. I'm listening, mm. but I'm not searching for ways to do more. Three top items in your deep freeze. What are they? Oh my gosh. Are you kidding me? Okay. In my deep freeze. Okay. I know this is crazy, but uh, soy milk. I know that's wild, but you know, they run out of soy milk on a regular day. I really like soy milk. I like it with my apples and peanut butter every morning. So I have some frozen soy milk. I have um, frozen fruit. So if I want to make smoothies, right? And I have like three roast chickens because I really like to roast chickens. Oh, there's nothing better than a nice roast chicken, is there? Right? I love a roast chicken. And that can last you a while. Roast potatoes, bit of gravy, some carrots. That is a meal. I'm telling you. See? And you know I don't cook, so, you know, I can make a roast chicken. You roast a chicken, that's cooking. Well, yeah, that's one of like the three things. (laughs) (laughs) I've got uh, sausages. We've got a lot of sausages. Okay. Well, my kids eat, so my boys, they eat sausages. I mean, like, and Elliot doesn't really eat much. He's very, very mm-hmm. picky little human. So, mm-hmm. like, he's a big, he's a sausage muncher. He loves it. And, um, and then, That's yeah, awesome. <laughs> yeah, he's into it. Um, so we've got a lot of sausages. Also got frozen food, fruit, mm-hmm. frozen foot, frozen fruit. Um, and then, um, and then my other son, uh, Ollie, he's, he's a, a pretty severe gluten intolerance that can lead to mm-hmm. kind of like, really intense eczema when it builds up over time and uh, we've just noticed when we massively reduce it that all of a lot of his skin issues decrease they don't go away but so we've got a lot of gluten-free bread a lot of gluten-free uh, bread yeah. options frozen in there for him nice you know? 
Yeah. Nice. That's our, that's so our top three. Yeah. I Should love we talk it. a little bit? I know. That's nice. Should we talk a little bit about the outside? We, oh, you know, the other thing we've done, we've got a lot of dried grains and dried things like lentils, beans, mm, mm-hmm. things like that is something, a, a chickpeas, couscouses. And, anyway. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what, um, let's talk about the outside. I think we should. Let's do it. We got like we don't have a huge amount of time. So f- because what we're doing in 10 minutes time is we're jumping on with uh, one of many organizations that we're ga- engaging with at the moment around kind of online collaboration mm-hmm. platforms mm-hmm. where we, where we, you know, our, our clients, the kind of major clients that we're working with at the moment are frontline responders mm-hmm. to situations like the coronavirus outbreaks. That's right. They are, right. right? And so mm-hmm. and so we're in this tension between like, we've got, obviously you have to respond to the immediate and urgent, but that can't be at the complete uh, uh, dismissal of the long-term systemic changes that we're seeking to kind of like... Uh, uh, overcome together or mm-hmm. make progress on together. Right. And so mm-hmm. like we're in this tension. So like everything's being delayed, right. Everything's being pushed out, you know? Um, but we're also looking at like, okay, so coronavirus isn't going to be the last thing that knocks That's our right. ability to travel globally. You That's know, right. um, the virus itself can take, f- is going to take four months to move through. Mm-hmm. Right. A, a, a region. So then, uh, what are the online collaboration platforms that we can start building that we mm-hmm. can start looking at? And we're not talking about event-based, right? We're right. actually looking for something right. that can hold collaboration over an extended period of time. And so we set up a whole bunch of demos and conversations with all kinds of collaborative platforms, right? And it fits a few things that we're doing outside. It fits, it fits the kind of like the declaration of climate emergency that we're beginning mm-hmm. to craft, which is mm-hmm. looking at, you know, what is our responsibility to, uh, to kind of, uh, carbon emissions, yeah. right? How do we respond yeah. to that? Um, uh, and it also looks at like, how do you deal with increasing global crisis that results in increasing fragmentation globally and still organize together systemically to solve major problems. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, so that's part of what we're up to. And I, you know, I hear people, I, I hear people, um, say, you know, that kind of like, yes, the crisis of this time. And then you can also hear people saying the next breath and what is the opportunity here? And so I think we're trying to to be as well to respond and meet people in the crisis. I said to you the other day, I was talking to a leader and I think, you know, my whole role was just to be like, all right, okay, we'll make the next step, right? You know, just not yeah, to, that's right. you know, so it's, it's definitely just meeting people where they are as well as seeing what's possible in this moment, which could be a really different way of gathering people virtually that is better for our planet, that actually allows more voices in. Because if people don't all have to travel to the same place and they don't have to get picked to participate, you know, just like there's all sorts of implications for equity that working in a different way could bring us. And so um, it's really, uh, you know, I can feel the fragility of this moment, um, but I can also really feel the possibility of it. And so so later today, we're just going to like, we're just going to, I feel like, Tim, you and I are like just going all in. Let's like look at all of these possibilities and see what might work. 
Yeah, and, and this whole idea that actually, because so much of our of our collaborative efforts have been synchronous, as in we've mm-hmm. synchronized people to be in the same place at the same time, either face to face or on Zoom calls or in or in uh, kind of like collaboration groups that are working. And and I think what we're beginning to learn about these online tools is that they also uh, allow for asynchronous collaboration, right? right? They allow people right. to be coming in um, from whatever their time zone is, but also the time of day that they work best. Actually, I might exactly. work best between 5 a.m. and 9 a.m. Right. You know what I mean? But you're forcing me to work at 2 p.m. where like, oh, I generally have a pretty low period of creativity. You know what I mean? And so there's something interesting about it. So, that, so beginning to look very deliberately at how we combine kind of asynchronous and synchronous collaboration efforts, right? And like... Uh, you know, and there's no doubt we were heading down this path anyway. Like we were heading yeah. down this path anyway. But yeah. my goodness, it's accelerated our uh, kind of like focus into the area and our development and our conversations in this area, right? Um, and also the other thing that's happening is space is opening up in our calendars because things are being pushed out to June mm-hmm. or even the fall. So we're mm-hmm. getting to do a whole bunch of stuff in terms of catch up in our incredibly yeah. rapid startup, right? <laughs> and then, all right. Actually, maybe I have time to really get the financial structures sorted right, and set up on right. Monday.com. And maybe we have time to now really sort out the business structure with the cross-border accountants and all of these things that we were kind of like struggling to do at the same time as serving all the different needs of our kind of like clients. Actually, we're getting this maybe becomes an opportunity for us to focus in and work on the kind of like our business so that when things come out the other side, we're actually really fully equipped to uh, support our clients because they're not going to come out the other side raring to go. They're going to come out right. the other side needing support. And Brona, right. who works with us, I think made a very compelling case for us to us mm-hmm. about this over email, yeah. which is like, you know, many of the people we work with are going to be exhausted in four months. Yeah, that's right. right. And so it's like, how, that's right. what are we doing that actually is truly meeting people where we're at and supporting them rebuild, you know? I think that's such a good point. And you know, the other piece I've been hearing from people, just you just said it, um, and people are talking about the space that they'll now have. And I feel really interested. I, I want to say it's so funny because I, I know the space is coming, but just to be perfectly frank, I haven't had it yet. I don't think you've no, had it No, my calendar like, does seem to be still ridiculously full. <laughs> I, yeah, that's. I just was laughing because everyone is saying this, um, and I know that it's coming. Like I just have no doubt. But I, I my experience at this moment is not that. Um, mm. And when I imagine forward into that, though, I also think you know there are things that, of course, um, I, I hope that we're a stronger, better, more supportive, more responsive organization. And I also can't wait to see like, it's just so silly. Like I I say, I haven't seen more time, but actually like I got to something in the last two days I've been meaning to, to get to for the last two weeks. I can start to feel it. Right. So I'm really curious about like what we might create and put out into the world, which is part of why we're doing this podcast, right. Is to talk a little bit about our hope is to begin to put things out in the world that are useful. And maybe of course we're doing that, but when you're doing it in between client work, it gets rushed. And I'm hoping that that spaciousness will also help us focus inward in the organization, but put some things out, which is part of what we'd like to do. So for example, so we are going to, we're going to, all of the online courses that the outside has, which is currently two leading effective meetings and uh, shared work, we're just going to make free and available mm-hmm. to anybody who would like to access them until the, uh, the minimum June 31st. So they're yeah. just going to be free and available to anybody who would like to access them. So go for it. Um, I'm pretty sure and, June uh, only has 30 days. 
Is that right? June 30th, 31st. I mean, I'm, I'm Gemini. <laughs> June 15th. June 15th is a big date. That's my birthday. <laughs> Happy um, birthday. Thanks, bud. Uh, so, yeah, May 30th. I mean, Maybe anyway. I don't know. I yeah, could be whatever. wrong. So they're going to be free. Um, and then we're also looking at whether we, you know, and we're talking to Meg, our branding person, and, and, and Jen about this, about, you know, is there actually something we just do that's a bit more of a weekly reflection that goes out? And whether mm-hmm. that goes out through the podcast channel, whether that goes out through our Facebook page, we're not quite sure right now. But we're thinking kind of like a weekly kind of like touching in and just being out there. Um, actually, mm-hmm. Meg said to me, because when Meg used to do my personal branding, um, mm-hmm. uh, she had this kind of theory that she wanted to make me famous. And I was like, I don't want to be famous, Meg. That is the last thing I want. And so she's now suggesting these things. She goes, watch out, Tim. You guys might become famous. And I was like, Blah. no. I was like, no, this is about making Tuesday famous. That's why I'm doing oh, it. Oh, for yeah. the love of Pete. I'm gonna, what? I'm just going to be the psychic. That's how this is going to work. <laughs> I'm a platform. I'm a platform for Tuesday's trajectory into fame. That is what's happening here. And uh, I, so look, you and had, Meg don't get to have Meg really laughing. Yeah. Okay, you guys don't get to have any more meetings without me. That is ah. not no, <laughs> no. <laughs> and then, that was hilarious. And then, um, and then, uh, uh, and then other things we're looking at is like what are the resources that we've got that we could start making available in kind of Absolutely. a regular way. There's a whole bunch of blogs that are both practical, some that are deep in terms of human resilience, some that are very structured in terms of his processes you could be using to support your work, um, uh, that we're going to look about how we begin to make those available in a more structured way. So we're developing essentially the equivalent of an organizational communications plan that's going to take us three months out where we're beginning to just push out more material, make it available to people in a way that we just haven't been able to because we've been really busy um, and just give that a bit of structure. So excited about that. Feels so. Yeah. Good. I mean, except for the famous part, I'm so excited about it. <laughs> Other than that, I'm so down. Let's do it. Wicked. Hey, look, I'm going to leave us with a song today. Great. Thank and you. friends, What's thanks for listening. Stay tuned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so we've got a song by the Derek Truck Bands, right? The Derek Trucks Band. And this was uh, a song as an artist. Every morning, I pop into the coffee shop next door to our into our office here and uh, there's a guy called scott in the corner and he's an artist and what he you know he's in there getting his coffee before he goes to his studio and i'm in there getting my coffee before i, I come here thought you, you know. were saying his name was scott in the corner like i'm like that's no. quite an artistic well moniker. That, may be ha- that may be how i think of him he's always scott in the corner he's always sitting in the same chair having it's his nice. cup of coffee i come in i'm like hi we have a little chat and you know, over time you build a relationship. So we've been starting to share music as I am want to do. And, uh, and so he recommended this uh, group to me called the Derek Trucks Band. And there's this one song on there called Sweet Inspiration, which I hope, which is just, it's a lifter. It's a lovely lifting song. So I hope, I hope it's playing right now and I hope you will get to enjoy it. Don't forget to check out the uh, Find the Outside 
podcast playlist on uh, Spotify. It's awesome. It'd be, it's a good thing to stick on while you're doing the while you're doing the dishes and while you're walking around your house wondering what to do. You know. That's right. right. Thanks very much for listening, folks. Thanks, everyone. Have a great week. Have a great week. Dude, sweet, sweet, sweet. I can't wait to listen to it. Hey, we're still recording there, dude. dude. Oh, okay, right. Ha <laughs> ha